Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is I Am Big Poetry Podcast. I like to give you a poet, mother, activist, nurse. I mean, the gambit is ridiculous what she has and everything in between. I like to give you a Santawa. But uh, do you want to go with Bo- Boken or do you want to go with Jordan? Because I saw there are two of them. Uh, it's Boykin. Boykin. Okay, then we'll go with Satawa Boykin. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm yeah. doing really good. Glad to be here. <laughs> thank, thank you for hitting me up and stuff. I was, I was pretty dope. I was pretty dope. I was like, oh, I, I don't know this person, but I can find out more information about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm glad that you, you hit me up. And some, we have so much to chop about. And I also want to talk about your new book, Love, Lyrics, and Liberation. And mm-hmm. see, and that's coming out May twenty. Uh, coming out um, May two thousand. Um, coming out May, May seventh, twenty twenty two. Uh, pre-sale should start next week. Okay. Though. So like first week of April. Okay. Nomadicpress.com. Okay. Yes, I saw the Nomadic Press. I was like, oh, pretty real. So, are you out in Oakland or are you here in Sacramento? Man, I'm I'm bi coastal. <laughs> it's all you good. Know. I mean, I know you're from San Diego. I'm, I, was, I was actually hey. born in, in Oceanside, so I can't yeah. Pendleton area, so you know me. <laughs> it, it, when I leave Cali, I'm leaving the country. Oh. So. <laughs> are, you, are you going south or north or east? Which it way don't you matter, man. <laughs> we, we, whatever climate change is going to do the least to, it's where I'm headed. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Oh. <laughs> but no, so so yeah, let's 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 talk. So I, I see that you're I'll, let's go first with you. What got mm-hmm. you involved in making your this was this your first book you actually this is your first a collection of poetry book that you made? And what, what yes. made you do that? Okay. So um and I talk about this in the introduction. So my grandma wanted to be a writer, mm-hmm. um, didn't know that until she was around 75. And it made the things that I was already doing, writing, like, make sense. Um, So I guess it's kind of like something that I wanted to do for her, for me as well. But um, to just pay homage to what she wasn't able to do because she was raising children, Mm. um, five of them even in the 50s and 60s. Um, So both of our dreams could, you know, come true at once. Okay. And so did you also, did you also, um, did, did, are these pieces all just stuff that you've accumulated over time or have, or are these just things that you had a theme for and just went for it? Um, both, okay. both. Um, some are some poems that I wrote back in my youth about my youth. Um, some are more recent. I mean, as of 2021, um, and definitely the, the love lyric and like liberation part are all mm. things that fuel me. The love for my people, love for my family. Um, music has always paid, played a big role in not just the way that I write. Well, let's say lyricism mm. more specifically. And um, even how I get in the mood to create, there's always music involved. And I have spent all of my adult life uh, fighting for the liberation of my people. So it just made sense. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of the liberation of people and stuff, I I see that you, you know, when in your bio that you said that your family it, it was at the du, Duella, um, Drusilla, Drusilla's frontier. And so, and that's your that's is that your um, maternal or your paternal family tree? 
Uh, That's members. my great grandmother maternal. Okay, and you you just basically working from those roots all the way to till now and stuff. That's 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 where you get your um, inspiration from. Also, yeah, my yeah. people are from Monroe. Okay. A lot of folks that are Monroe, Louisiana. A lot of Bay Area folks whose family are from there, and it can be traced back the migration when they brought cheaper labor from down south out to the docks in West Oakland. Um, how that was like a small black, you know, community hub. Same thing. My grandmother grew up in Berkeley, I believe, um, which I would have never guessed was a predominantly black neighborhood back then, but it was. Yeah. You'd be surprising how much, um, the Bay area was predominantly black because a lot of jobs came out from the army, from the army depot and also the docks and Mm -hmm. then how many, and even, even some of the, PG&E electronics and even oil and stuff that went out there. And then you see how far us when they left, how much mm-hmm. those jobs went with them. And, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and even like Richmond and stuff like with um, Dante Clark um, in Richmond, he basically talks about um, the whole North and Richmond beef that mostly came from the, 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 um, the Chevron oil refinery right there and stuff. Oh, wow. That, that, that basically is one of the riffs of why, when they, when those when the the Chevron oil refinery you know took away the jobs and then most kept themselves sealed, a lot of a lot of the area became just you know became dispersed of being un un unincorporated and then what's mm-hmm. what's incorporated. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's very it's very strange how much the Bay Area is so separated from segregated because of um what the what's been done to the the come. Um, the government done to the area and stuff. So yeah, there is ridiculous. So, so speaking of, speaking of the barrier, what got you involved in the anti-police terror project? Okay. So here's another interesting story. My mother apparently was a freedom fighter of sorts, which (laughs) um, was not revealed to me until after she passed away. Again, there was this moment of like, Duh, like, of, course, <laughs> of course, like that's in my DNA. Right. Um, and my grandmother was with the United Domestic Workers Union back in the 60s. So okay. um, found that out when she was 75. <laughs> you know, we should talk to our children. Of, I think it's the moral of that story. <laughs> a lot of activism. And you're a founder. Uh, is, are you a founder of the Oakland or the Sacramento or, or either or both? Um, I'm founder of APTP Central, which is in Oakland, okay. which is the umbrella but um, I, I hate like the the titles and shit, you know. But yeah. like, yeah, in the sack too. Okay, no problem. Hey, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a necessary evil because mm-hmm. of what's going on so far and how much you can be you can be cited on just from just from saying what side of the police are you on, and that's yeah, right there is yeah. even more ridiculous. And it's 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 kind of a shame that that that's the thing where somebody can look at one person and not see the other side and have a whole perspective different from you. But, but seeing that the, the the group started it. So did the group start in 2020 or did it start eight years earlier than that? Oh, eight years earlier. Okay. Yeah. Uh Yeah, for sure. I'm bad with dates and times. That's fine. One of my coping mechanisms, but (laughs) we've, um, We've God, we've been working for what it feels like forever, oh. but um, eight, maybe nine years. But before that, we were a different formation called Onyx Organizing Committee. Uh-huh. Um, and we did that a few years before kind of shifting into the anti-police terror project. 
Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I remember going out to Oakland uh, and was going to the alchemy slams and stuff and seeing mm. that they talk about, um, it's not, I think it's Oscar Grant. I forget mm. his name and how that whole um, um, police brutality and killing him off and how they basically, you know, been fighting that struggle and stuff, trying to get mm-hmm. his uh, justice. And even with even here with um Stefan Clark in Sacramento, it's still yeah. it's still an ongoing struggle of just just the little things of how far the cops will go and how far the law will not let will not justify them, but they'll always justify us. Yeah. It's, it's always yeah. a it's always a slippery line on that. But speaking of which, I see that the also the mental health first is associated wow. with um uh, so are you are is the mental health first uh, i see you all you also made a uh, first responders group mm-hmm. so are you are we are we trying to get the mental health first to be the um first ones to call before the cops are we trying to get that to be a, a the thing that you that they want to be planted in the community as a way for the 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 you know way for people the community to call call mental health first before we start calling cops because when cops get involved things start getting a little bit deadly and a little trickier um both and okay. right and so shout out to Kat Brooks who's also one of the other co-founders of APTP and to Terha Aku who's also uh, one of the other co-founders of APTP um but also we're what we're doing is organizing the police out of our spaces mm-hmm. in the same way that they organize their way into them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, police were not always frontline when it came to mental health crises. True. Um, I mean, we can get into the long history of you know mental health wards being shut down systematically from right. Ford to Reagan, right? But right. where we sit now, right, fifty one fifties are overused. Um, police are the frontline responders. So we are attempting to organize the police out of our space and a space that makes sense due to our various expertise. And um, because we know that one fourth of folks who are murdered by the police are done so why they are in the midst of a mental health crisis or dealing with substance use. So it just made sense for this to be the arena, just like when we created first responders, right? We began to notice that there were these narratives that were being pumped about folks who were murdered, right? Like the mm-hmm. criminalization of, of people. And we discovered, or we figured out a way, right, to combat those narratives. Um, again, shout out to Kat Brooks, who's a, a miracle communicator, um, who kind of helped us do that. And the police had to change their tune when they started to report on those things. Hmm. Since that's since since that's a new, a new uh, well not new thing but that's a new direct thing that the cops have to deal with. Are you is the involvement with the cops close or is it more still? Uh, it's almost like the it's almost like the ambulance and the and the paramed the paramedics and the uh, cops. One gets called first, but the other one comes behind them. Are, are y'all in that right now range? You're not you're not both associated where they call you first, or or it's more. Yeah. We're not it. We're not a part of the nine one one dispatch system. Right. Um, we take calls organically. We would definitely love for nine one one to route calls to us, but that system is so entrenched with bureaucracy. Yeah. That it's 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 literally. I, I walked into a, um, a fire station, not a fire station, but Limsa. It's long story. They pretty much laughed this away. 
because there was just so many things, right? That so many county policy and procedures, companies that have contracts just for 911 to like route a call, inappropriate call to us. So, uh, but 988 is on its way down the pipe. So hopefully that creates an alternative where we won't have to deal with the bureaucracy of separate counties, dispatch systems. Nice. I'm, I'm rooting for that. Keep that number locked. 988. That'll be, be yeah. a good thing to have around to change up the whole change of perspective of some things. Sit, speaking Shout of 988. Yeah. Her son, my <laughs> was murdered in Walnut Creek and they have championed that piece of legislature even through her, the agony of losing her son. So, oh. yeah. Yeah, I seen a lot of the I see a lot of the videos where they champion several several um, uh, people and stuff, and I, I implore that I implore that. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would also say since you are the nine one nine eight eight nine one one, you are also a registered nurse. Yeah. And <laughs> first yeah. of all, first of all, I would like to give you shouts and praises because we need them. We need black nurses. And, and I know you also are a co-chair of the Black Nurses Association, uh, Capital I'm City. I'm not the chair, founding member, but oh. yes. Yeah, I see co-chair. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're, so I see that there, there is the group that's uh, got a movement going in, mm-hmm. and it's Capital City. That's here in Sacramento. And in Sacramento. And I was like, <laughs> the thing you represent. But what, what got you involved with the with the Black Nursing Association? I mean, honestly, it was I transferred from UCSF to mm. UCD. Okay. And um, UCD, like there's not that many of us. So one of <laughs> one of the sisters pulled me to the side and was like, hey, you want to do this thing? I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that that's how I got involved. Um they do a lot of amazing, amazing work. Shout out to Sharina and Todd Carter, sorry, Carter Todd, um, who, who really champion that work, mm-hmm. um, like helping folks with school scholarship, um, going out to schools and talking about healthcare and nursing and mental health and creating really essential partnerships in the community so that our folks can see that we exist. Yeah. Because it, it, it still is a the it still is a mental it still is a a blockage between the doctor and um, I say white and mm-hmm. black, white white and black of how the physicality mm-hmm. of it even with me, even with men uh, black men there's still a weird a weird sense that the the pain ratio and also even the 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 way things are set up I mean it's it's kind of sad that the medical the medical profession even though they've worked on so many people. They still don't, they're still ignorant on a lot of things. And that, that's kind of scared me so many times. And I mean, let's not get it twisted. Just like the policing system was mm-hmm. steeped in racism and white supremacy. So was the medical, so was the, our modern day medicine, right? Mm, like think about that. You're experimentation, right. um, Tuskegee, all yeah. the shit. Like, so we are still bumping up, right? Against this. And, and, and also the medical system is over-policed as well, right? Like I've never seen so many cops, um, in one place other than like a protest or a police station Mm. than I have inside the hospital, you know? So no wonder why black folks feel like I might not want to go up there. (laughs) (laughs) Never know what's going to happen going down. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) But since that's, since, since that is a, what, so being that you're an activist, nurse, and I see that you also teach 
some 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 um um some field procedures for mm-hmm. you know banding up wounds and stuff for protesters because there's a there has been a lot of there's been a lot of protesters going out and a lot of injuries come out of that yeah. way quickly. So I, I'm glad that you're out there helping you know try little training for them and yeah. showing them how to you know dress, address a wound, you know, take care of some field trainings, you know, because that is war. I mean as much as it is absolutely um, they call it, we we I remember being in the military, they call that combat lifesaver. <laughs> you gotta yeah, be a combat absolutely. lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stopping bleeding is like mad important you know knowing the difference between like a life-threatening injury and one that you can go home and bandage up Mm -hmm. is can save your life Mm. so so let's let's get back and go motherhood now i'm assuming that some poems in your in your collection is also reflects on your motherhood being that you have children and stuff and speaking of being having children how do you see I have two, I have a son and a daughter also, and I always get concerned of the perspective of, I know where I'm looked at, how are they going to be looked at when they get, you know, I got a teen, so I get concerned sometimes with her, with her well-being of being out there or just being, just being involved and just walking in any situation. And I even know myself, how do you, how do you basically address that to your children? I, you know, I had a, a conversation with a really close sis of mine where my son had to be like four, no, maybe younger three. And this, this little white girl has said something to him like, oh, he's trying to corner me. And I'm like, and she was too, you know, she was like 11, you know, much, much older than him. So I had this moment where I was like, she's criminalizing my like toddler, <laughs> you know, um, and I really didn't know how to grapple with it. So I called a friend and she told me that, um, Carol, hi, Carol. Um, she said that she had those conversations with her son, but that I was in a different space, right? Like we're literally watching, um, police terrorism crumble, right. Um, before our eyes. And she said, you're going to have to decide if you're gonna, what conversation you're gonna have with him. And I I don't know, he's five now. I still don't know, right? Like what conversation I'm gonna have with him, but I hope it sounds like, you know, we all got choices, Yeah, you know? And these are the possible outcomes of each choice and you're just gonna have to decide, you know? That's true. I mean, I know, I know, fortunately my, my child's in um interracial, so mm. even though he lives he lives with his mom, and she only sees so much, it's gonna come down to that point where it's gonna happen, and she's gonna have to get involved, or I'm gonna have to get involved, or we're both gonna have to get involved, and one of us is not gonna see. Why are they doing that to him? Well, <laughs> surprise! Yeah, <laughs> just because yeah. light skin doesn't mean he's not he's not he's not looked at as indifferently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh. I do see that as a, a thing where I, when I was a kid, I mean, I had face off games. I had to go, I had to face off a lot of things, but now it's even more blatant. I mean, yeah. it's more, it's more in your face. I mean, if we don't have to, they don't have to just record it. I mean, it is now to the point where you, you can go outside and I've seen people pray before they even walk out the door. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's getting, it's getting to the point where how can you trust the law? If the law is going to come and kill you. It's like, hmm. Yeah. I, I prefer the bl- I, I prefer I prefer the blatant. 
Mm-hmm. To be honest, like Malcolm X said, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather know which one. Of them. <laughs> you feel me to, to wonder, right? Like, I, I prefer the blatant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seeing that you're coming up with your book coming up in May and stuff, are you doing any tours coming up or anything like that? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, there will be a virtual launch on the seventh, and nice. you can find details on that from nomadicpress.com. Nice. And then we're doing an event at the Brick House on the fifteenth. Oh, you're coming out here. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're planning okay. on making a stop in Oakland in June, and then. San Diego in August, still kind of fickling around with New Orleans just because we got some folks down there. Um, so yeah, should be out and about. But also we're doing Mental Health First along with Sac County APTP, um, CRC as well, is mm-hmm. doing a music festival at Cesar Chavez on the 21st of May. That's nice. Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, we're like, I'm literally waiting on an email from a national, nationally known artist who has sold out in Sacramento several times. So waiting to see if we're booking that individual, but we also have some like local sack giants, soul development, um, Keon Johnson, Mr. Lewis, Brazy. Okay. Yep. Um, I always say sister's name wrong and I got her number in my phone. Kari J. Oh, Kari. (laughs) So yeah. So some like some real Sacramento heavy hitters and hopefully this uh, headliner comes through. Oh, even better. Well, as much as it comes down to it, I always ask these couple, these two questions mostly. So from the, we always got right now in the bit, you always got in the community, there's, page poets who are basically writing books or is in the articles, writing the page, writing the pages. And then you got the stage poets, which are on the, on the stage, writing the CDs, doing the performances. And there's always been a little bit of a riff in the between them in the community. But I'm going to ask you, mm. are you, what do you feel close? What do you feel more towards page stage or both? I'm going to say legit, I'm a creator. You know, <laughs> so nice. anyway, I can create, whether that be bringing a presence on stage, putting paper to pen. Um, I've also had visual art shown. So, like, I got paint on my hands right now from painting at work. So, <laughs> so like, anyway, I can be creative, but I have to say, there is something special about that microphone. <laughs> oh, there's something special about it. You know, it's, oh, Most my heart. You know? <laughs> Most definitely. My heart, my heart. Yeah. Spoken word. <laughs> so, and the last question I always say, ask if, do you have a top five performers? Not just rappers. You could be singers, anything, artists. What's your top five? In no particular order. No particular order. <laughs> Biggie, nobody nice. still tells stories the way he does. Uh, Talib is amazing. Um, I know everybody says Lauren. Uh, I got to say, there is something special about West Coast MCs who are Muslim. So all of them, there's something special about the way that they bring 
um, bring oration to us. I don't like locksmith. Um, so he would be one of them. And I'm going to say Jadena. Okay. I, I think I know. Uh, yeah. I, I, he just does this thing, not just with the, with the lyrics, but mix, mixing like the, the 808s with the African, like, you know, and, and really just bringing, bringing to us this, like, this new wave of Pan-Africanism that is like cool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, right. yes. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Right, but Jenna, Jenna, he's basically down with Janae. So they, they got that, that type of sound that's been, been blossoming. So yeah. Yes. That futuristic, they call it like a futuristic funk sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think you got one more. Oh, one more. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Real talk. Mitchie Slick. Ooh. He's a, he's a rapper out of San Diego. Oh, yes, most definitely. Oh, you know Mitch? Okay. Oh, yeah. I know the whole, I know Crydon and I know I know oh, yes. <laughs> Crydon and everything. Chance to come on. The first chance the rapper, come on, don't play with me. So <laughs> there's something I grew up on Mitchie's lyrics, and even to this day, there's certain things that I say, um, certain sayings that come to my brain, like. There's nothing like being kamikaze with a, with a common cause. Nice. You know what I mean? That like those those sayings and those phrases that really ground me. Nice. Even now in my adulthood, and I was listening to that music, which I probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> when hey. I was a young teenager. So yeah, Mitchie Slick for Most sure. Definitely Slick. Shout out to the Stony Jackson and Crondon, mm-hmm. and even though um. Phil the Barber, yeah, Phil, yeah, yeah Phil, Phil the, the Barbershop, Phil the Agony, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, all those guys, yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're most, no, I know Phil, I know Phil the Agony down with Loop Pack in them, so that's, or even with, um, or even with Alcoholics, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah they've been, they've been down since day one, so, yeah, it's been, it's OG, been that time. OG, OG, yeah, <laughs> they've been down since day one, but, so, so, um, well, I was going to ask you, do you have a poem that you want to throw out or anything? Oh, yes. Okay. I'll let that. I will let you bring out your poem. (laughs) I'm not royalty, bitch. I'm omnipotent. Don't believe me? Ask Jesus. We with that shit. Like hurricanes with slave names cracking. Fuck your bricks. Won't be no auctions today, ho. We sinking ships. The wind has blown west. Stilling her breath, ripping her seed from her chest, leaving mother alone to cry. One by one, she's waved her people goodbye. Africa has mourned our departure, our torture, our slaughter. She's begged her brothers and sisters to welcome her refugee children, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, and Cuba. She wonders why we've become so complacent, leaving her waiting to once again nourish her stolen seed. The wind has blown west, stilling her breath, leaving mother alone to cry. Snaps, snaps. Everyone, once again, that is Ashanti Wan. She basically blew it up. I want y'all to get her book coming out. Love, Lyrics, and Liberation coming out in May. Check out for her. She'll be back. She's coming here to Sacramento, going to Oakland. I don't care where y'all go. Good. The West Coast is on effect. It's in effect right now. Even New Orleans, if you check it out. Hey. Y'all keep, thank you for coming out and stuff. And if you have anything else you want to point out, point out to the social media. 
Yep. Um, Asantawa are in on, across all the platforms. Um, you can see my various forms of artwork at asantawaboykin.com. And shout out to the ancestors, uh, Valerie, Gladys, Bertha, Ashe. I love you. Thank you. Ashe. Well, thank you for coming on. <laughs> all and right. Everyone else out there, peace. And we out. <laughs>